0: And welcome to another episode of RUFSM. I'm April. And I'm Rachel.
1: Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food. And up through the ground come a bubbly crude. Oil that is black gold. Texas tea. So what are we talking about today? Well, as you might have surmised from that intro, it's oil. There's black oil oil in them there are hills black gold black gold texas tea <laughs> <laughs> um we're talking about how uh la is kind of built on oil i mean literally but also kind of figuratively built on oil which is something i had no idea because this city sprawls and you don't see oil derricks all over so i i had no idea that there was oil here and i was reading mental floss because I like to floss my mentals, keep it nice and clean. (laughs) And uh, there was a weird facts page. And it said in 1892, oil was discovered near what is now Dodger Stadium, which is really close to where I used to live in Echo Park. And that's where it was discovered. And I started researching it and kind of got blown away by how much oil is in this area
0: yeah it's amazing and i actually have a friend who owns a house uh, near downtown la that has oil rights that's
1: weird so weird right
0: (laughs) yeah so when you brought that up i thought oh my god we got to talk to her so we went and uh talked to meredith marshall and got a tour of her house and she gave us the rundown on how oil rights in la work
2: My name is Meredith Marshall. So this is the house. Uh, It's uh, a 1912 craftsman in the Arlington Heights neighborhood of uh, Los Angeles. It's uh, three bedrooms, one and a half baths, um, about 1,700 square feet. We're standing in the living room, you know, there's like the cool craftsman style like old windows uh, and fireplace and like the, the woodwork. It's in pretty much like the same condition it was when I bought it, which was about 15 years ago. And I bought this from the original homeowners, which I always thought was pretty cool. And they actually told me when they walked through the house, like uh, there were all these like little pieces of wood where the furniture was. So their dad had them put these pieces of wood on the floor. So the furniture went in, so the furniture wouldn't hit the walls. So that's why the walls are in like, I mean, it's in pretty good shape. So, you know, they, were, they took very, very good care of the house. And what else does this house come with? This house comes with the oil and mineral rights under the ground. So what does that mean? The most simple way to describe it, it means that I get a check for the oil and mineral rights um, as frequently as uh, at least once a month. And so that was included in the sale of the house? You know, that uh, it, it 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 was, but I wasn't aware that it was included uh, in the sale of the house until about 10 years later, where I got a uh, FedEx package. Um, I actually started renting out the house and my tenants told me, they're like, there's some FedEx package here for you. So, you know, like a month later, I come by and I check it out. And it's like from this oil company in Texas saying that they owe me $10,000. And I was like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'm like, what's the catch? And they're like, no, there's no catch. We just need your social security number, fill out like, you know, some tax forms and we'll send you the money. And I'm like, this is not right to me. I'd never heard of anything like this. Um, cut to after doing a little bit of research, I did send them that paperwork and I got a check. It was a couple checks from the, from, uh, the state um and and then right from the oil company for about $13,000 and that was for me owning the rights of the house um for about uh, 11 or 12 years at that point
0: wow that's amazing so
2: where are they getting oil from under your house how are they getting this oil um you know i'm really not sure about the specifics but uh what i i think it's from one of the wells down you know over down on 4th street uh, my house is on 6th Avenue and uh, at Washington and 4th Avenue, which is uh, about a quarter mile away, um, is where there are 25 rigs. I'm not exactly sure if that's, those are the, the rigs that pull from my house. There could be another rig or two closer. I'm just not aware of it or further away. Or the ones down off of La Brea, like where you see the whole oil fields. But it's not just oil, it's uh, minerals too. And when I get the check, I do get a breakdown of exactly what, what it is that they're pulling out. Whether it's like zinc or... Uh, magnesium, or you know, and, and oil too. But sometimes, on like, I, I look at those state like the statements, and sometimes there is no oil, it is just minerals. Sometimes it's just oil and no minerals. So, how often do you get a check? Well, I after I got that uh, that large check, I got a check on the regular like every month, and then it slowed down where I was only getting a check maybe every other month. Then last year, I didn't get a check at all for a couple of months. Um, and now it, it seems like it's back on the regular and I'm getting a check every month. And the checks are for, the last check was about $125.
0: So nothing you can really retire
2: on. You're not going to become a Beverly Hillbilly. No, I'm not going to become a, not right now, but, uh, but the house is an escrow and I am keeping those rights for that. You know, it's like, Hey, 125 bucks. I mean, that's like over a thousand dollars a year. It, it adds up and I'll have them for the rest of my life. And that's how I ended up with them is, is usually the, the original homeowners of these properties is, Is who owns these rights so like as these houses are being bought and sold it's not even included in the sale of the homes anymore
0: so you can actually you can keep the rights and just sell the home
2: yes yeah
0: how about the rest
2: of the neighborhood? Are your neighbors also? Do, does everyone around you have oil rights? I, if they're the original um, or, or if they have the same circumstances, I do. I, I don't know who does, but somebody does who owned the property at, at some point. And I think it started in like the 20s or 30s. Maybe it was later, but that'd be interesting to find out like when the rigs were were actually when put in closed. and when they, yeah, when they, who discovered it? <music>
0: So that's Meredith Marshall,
1: who is selling her house, but she's keeping those oil rights. Yeah, that's really strange that your rights to the land, I mean, not the acreage, but what's in the land is still yours if you want it.
0: It's amazing. I also found it interesting that there's not only oil that they're mining, but also zinc and uh, what was the other one? (laughs) Maybe magnesium, maybe
1: adamantium, something (laughs) like that. (laughs)
0: Rose quartz for your chakras. (laughs) It is LA. (laughs) Um, In fact, Meredith was nice enough to share with us one of her statements. So we're posting that to the website so you can see the breakdown of, you know, what she gets money for. I thought Meredith also had some really good questions. So we thought we'd find out some answers. And we went over to the La Brea Tar Pits and talked to a scientist about where all this oil came from, why it's here, and uh, how it got discovered. Here she is.
3: My name is Karen Rice. I'm a fossil preparator or excavator at Liberty Tar Pits. Native Americans have been using oil From from seeps that that occur naturally along the California coast and inland California for ages. They've been using it for sealing containers to carry water. They used it as an adhesive, constructing arrowheads. They used it for sealing boats, apparently, even for chewing gum. A fellow named Doheny would notice there were were seeps in, in and around what we now call downtown LA around 1890, 1892. In 1892, he and his partner, Charles Canfield, decided to drill. So Doheny and Canfield dug and, and eventually they got to a point where they couldn't dig any farther uh, like it was like over a hundred feet 140 feet or something and they were overcome by the fumes they, they figured out how to, how to actually use a telephone pole and equipment to to drill deeper and and eventually hit liquid asphalt and that was the beginning of the Los Angeles City oil field and the big the big boom. There was oil found earlier in other parts of L.A. County. There was an oil field out in braille Olinda that, that predated that by, I don't know, 10 years or so, and there, was it was 18, 18, 1880, and there was a, the Newhall-Pico field um, that was around oh, 1875. So there were, there were a couple of wells that had been drilled before, before the L.A. city field was. Apparently they were using it for lighting. I guess they could refine it and use, use it for, uh, for lighting fuel. So this is pre-electricity. There were sixty-eight or seventy oil fields in the LA basin. The LA Basin is something really special. We, you know the San Andreas Fault is a is a plate boundary. It's a it's a boundary between the North American plate and the Pacific plate. And before that there was a different kind of plate interaction, different kind of tectonic plates. There was a subduction zone along what we call the California coast around 30 million years ago. And in that in the time between around 25 million and 20 million years ago, the subduction zone turned into a strike-slip-transform plate boundary. So the, instead of a subduction zone where the one plate dives beneath the other tectonic plate, it became a, a strike-slip fault where the two plates just slide past each other. One of, one of my instructors used to use like an Abba-Zabba to show, you know, if you, if, you, if you heated it up, it could stretch and kind of get soft in the middle. Okay, I just wanted to stop for a
0: second. Aba-Zabas are those candies from the 50s. They're like taffy,
3: and they have peanut butter in the center. But if you let it get cold, it would crack. And so, so these plates were kind of cracking, but they were also pulling apart and getting thin because the hot mantle below was kind of thinning them, and, and there was volcanic activity. And at the same time, the you know, ocean is coming in. There's, there's ocean there. And, and so it's, a, it's this great big basin that's filling up over time, over those next millions of years, with marine sediment. And that marine sediment, sands and silts and clays, uh, it also contains a lot of diatoms, a lot of marine organic material, all these little algaes, these planktonic algaes. And that organic material then becomes our oil. The special thing about LA is that the LA Basin, because of that whole tectonic history, has the, it's the richest oil basin per unit volume of sediment. So there are all these different oil fields, all these various oil fields, least 60 some to 70 oil fields around LA from all that old marine organic material and the faulting. I don't know if people really understand what an oil field is. It's, it's, it's usually a, a body of rock like a sand that's porous that contains oil between all the sand grains. Oil and earthquake faults are, are intimately linked, especially in LA. In fact, you can, if, if you were looking at a map of all of those oil fields in LA, you, you'd see a string of some of the most productive ones along the Newport-Inglewood fault from the Huntington Beach field, which was really, really rich, and Seal Beach and Long Beach, Signal Hill, Dominguez, all the way up to the, you know, Baldwin Hills up here. Those are all along the Newport Inglewood Fault, and some of the really rich ones in the 1920s. We're sitting at the La Brea Tar Pits. We're sitting at one of the locations where oil does seep to the surface from an oil field. We're sitting on the edge, on the southern edge of the Salt Lake oil field, and the idea is that there's a, a Sixth Street Fault that's a, that's a earthquake fault that no longer active, <laughs> that we know of, that reaches down and hits that. That sand body down there that that all the oil is in, and so the oil is is slowly seeping up along that. That's not uncommon. There are a lot of oil seeps in in California. There's oil that seeps up along Long Beach. There's a tar pits park up in Carpinteria where you can go to the beach and see and see asphalt seeping onto the beach. It kind of looks like lava. It's really kind of it's a it's a great one-day field trip. Santa Barbara has a really active seat right off of UC Santa Barbara at Cole Point. So if you ever walk at the beach up there at Goleta, chances are you'll, you'll end up with, with asphalt on your feet. All those little houses that were built on top of oil fields back in the 20s, 20s, 30s, originally had oil rights. And certainly all the ones in downtown. People jumped on the bandwagon in the, in the 1890s and the turn of the century and, and started putting up their own derricks. But apparently it was, a, it was a nasty dirty business and you had to have the, the derrick and you had to have some place to put the dirt that came out of the hole and you had to have a tank to store the oil and, and maybe some, some tank to boil the oil to get rid of the sand. And so neighbors collaborated, banded together or they sold out to the bigger companies. If we could go back in time, sixty years, we'd see Derricks on the beach in Venice up until the fifties and in Huntington Beach until the fifties. That's not that long ago, right? When when there was a real presence of the oil industry all over LA. In fact I grew up in Long Beach. So I grew up on the beach in Long Beach looking at the oil islands in the bay. That was that was my that was my beach view was was these oil islands that had been constructed, these man made oil islands that were landscaped. The drilling towers were made to look like apartment buildings. They were lit. They were waterfalls. I, I, I know that the oil islands that I that I grew up looking at uh, were probably built in the 60s. So probably you know 50s, 60s, and on. Uh, there was more of a push to to make them less unsightly drillers had figured out how to muffle the sound, how to enclose some of the oil drilling operations so they weren't obnoxious to neighbors. And so you get things like the well that's on the Beverly Hills school site that's that's now painted. There are drilling sites that have been built to look like office buildings. In fact this is this is kind of a funny story. I have one of my my sedimentology instructor from, from Long Beach State come up here for a tour and he looked at the Variety Building right up here, and, and he, uh, he was here with another researcher, and he said, and that is one of the disguised oil wells. And I said, no, no, that's not one of them, but it looks like one. It looks like there, there are two others that look very similar to the Variety Building, but are shorter. Um, that's how well-disguised these things are. <laughs> there are two of them that are really well-known, and one is called the Packard Building, and it's, at, it's in Beverly Hills, and there's another that's called the, the Cardiff Building. It's on Pico and Doheny. Unless you knew that these were oil operations, uh, you, you wouldn't be able to tell from the outside. Inside those facilities, just like on the oil islands, they're doing directional drilling. It's usually a track that has an oil rig that'll, that'll move along the track and pump on different wells. The technology is, is such that they can, they can do horizontal drilling and direct those wells towards the oil field and that alleviates the need for lots of individual pump jacks all over town. The Salt Lake oil field, the one we're sitting on right now, there are different oil horizons in that field, and and the the shallowest one is like at 1,500 feet, and the next one is like about 3,000 feet and then 4,000 feet. Um, You're not going to notice that. So is there still an oil industry in L.A.? It looks like about 4,000 active wells in L.A. County, out of the 68 or so oil fields, about 44 of the fields are still actively drilled. If you drive down to San Pedro, right? If you drive down to Wilmington, you'll still see lots of refineries still operating. I know Long Beach is still active. Wilmington is still active. Beverly Hills is probably still active. Baldwin Hills certainly is active. Apparently there's one active well left from that L.A. City field that Doheny and Canfield opened up in the parking lot of the Echo Park swimming pool. It's only about a mile from their first well. There are current hazards to all of the oil exploration that's been done since, uh, you know, in the last 100, 150 years, Uh, particularly in that L.A. City field that was the early one because they did there were so many holes poked in the ground over there and many of them were buried before the Department of Oil and Gas was created so periodically there are wells you know, you know people will will smell methane and will find out that you know there's a there was an old well nearby that hadn't been properly sealed up or or abandoned we call them call it abandoned and the state will have to come in and properly abandon and seal the, the old wells. So, We had the Ross Store explosion in 1985 because of an old well that was leaking and it collected the methane collected in the store and it blew up and it's why we, we now have methane zones in LA in the city of LA where buildings have to be constructed in such a way with, with a barrier or with venting so that explosions don't happen anymore. <laughs> and in fact we have a there's a vent on the southwest corner of Curson and Wilshire, where there's a, about a 30-foot stack that's a big oil, looks like a big oil casing, and that's a vent that's venting methane that's coming up, that's leaking from an old oil well that's that started to degrade and, and is allowing all the, the old oil gases to seep up. <music>
0: Uh, wow, okay, I didn't realize that, uh, well, there's so much that I didn't realize. I didn't realize that we were basically a city literally built on oil. Yes. So there's oil seeps all over.
1: Oh yeah, and that there's methane gas just coming up through the air that could catch on fire.
0: <laughs> it's, it's frightening. We live in a danger
1: zone. <laughs> I already already
0: feel like we live in an apocalyptic time, so thanks for adding to that.
1: You're welcome. And guys, if you smell something, say something if you live in L.A., (laughs) because it may be methane. Do not light a match. (laughs) What's really cool is as I was looking through all this stuff... There are all these theories that the whole reason L.A. is as big as it is is that it created manufacturing jobs here, and we started producing. So instead of a sleepy seaside town, it just grew and grew and grew. And then what I found even more fascinating, because you know how these things happen. We go down our little roads.
0: So <laughs> spiral out of control. I was already
1: tripped out about the oil everywhere. Um, and do you know also that L.A. manufacturing made it possible for – the film industry to survive out here because they could import fe- fruits vegetables and people came out to LA to m- do film here because Thomas Edison was such a stingy person with his <laughs> <laughs> with his well he had patents on the actual film and stuff and so uh, to avoid lawsuits they would come out here
0: yeah it's amazing to think that we may not have a film industry at least not a West Coast film industry like it is if it wasn't for oil.
1: Certainly potentially not here. I mean, they could have found another place, I guess, a place with more access to more materials and stuff. But I know everybody wanted to get away from Jersey where Edison was so they could make their films like MGM and all of them. But that's it's crazy. They chose L.A.
0: I also found it super interesting. I read something about how L.A.'s oil production in the 20s is on par with Saudi Arabia's oil production today
1: and wow. I
0: find that amazing
1: well I think we're still currently the third like densest oil field
0: but nobody knows that
1: yeah no and they hide it they she Karen talks about how they disguise oh yeah the I'm, rigs
0: I, I'm thinking there actually is a rig in the variety building <laughs> <laughs> I think that was just a ruse to something's rigged in the
1: variety building <laughs>
0: See how oil and Hollywood are linked together?
1: So very linked. But they made them look like apartment buildings and business buildings. and The waterfalls in Long Beach. Landscaped. That was amazing. Waterfalls. My eyes bugged out. I yeah. mean,
0: I, I have to admit, I think that the... Uh, little dinosaur the old dinosaurs oh yeah are pretty cute
1: i keep thinking of the beastie boys shake your rump video (laughs) (laughs) the hey ladies video the beastie boys hey ladies video and they have the oil rigs at the beginning the sterics i like the pumps they're cute
0: they're cute so i mean there's a lot of other stuff we could say that uh is less cute (laughs) is way less cute and a lot more scary but i think we should leave it there maybe we should go out with some
1: beastie boys uh I'm sure we can do that. We can afford Beastie Boys, right? (laughs) (laughs)
0: 30 seconds.
1: Hey, ladies.
0: All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us on this journey through the history of L.A.'s oil.
1: A brief little look at what made L.A. (laughs) thanks guys for joining us again we'll
0: see you next time until then this is April
1: and this is Rachel
0: bye